Imagine an alternative universe where instead of the Holy Trinity, you have the unholy Trinity. Find out more on this episode of Inverse. Coming to you from Silver Spring, Maryland, welcome to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation on life principles, contemporary issues, and thought-provoking perspectives. Now here's your host, Justin Kim, with Inverse. Welcome to Inverse, everyone. We are studying the book of Revelation in this entire season, and we're in chapter 13 this week of this episode, and we're looking at not the Holy Trinity, but where Satan, the enemy of God in this great meta-narrative, is creating this unholy alliance of three entities. So if you have your Bibles, take out chapter 13 of Revelation. We'll have a word of prayer and get into this discussion. So Siku, can you pray for us? Sure. Dear Lord, thank you so much for the privilege to study your word, and we ask your Holy Spirit's guidance that we will understand the things we're learning here, but that they would also transform our lives and make us better able to serve you. We pray these things in your name. Amen. 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 Israel, can you read 13, chapter 13, verse 1 to 3 for us? Oh, 1 to 4, actually. Sure. Then I stood on the sand of the sea, and I saw a beast rising up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns. And on his horns ten crowns, and on his heads a blasphemous name. Now the beast which I saw was like a leopard. His feet were like the feet of a bear, and his mouth like the mouth of a lion. And the dragon gave him his power, his throne, and his authority. And I saw one of his heads heads as it had been mortally wounded, and his deadly wound was healed. And all the world marveled and followed the beast. So they worshipped the dragon who gave authority to the beast, and they worshiped the beast, saying, Who is like the beast? Who is able to make war with him? Okay, so this is like the chapter with the monsters and the beasts, and <laughs> this is where everyone's like, Oh, this is Revelation. We think of the dinosaurs with a little crown on their heads and the eyes and stuff. This is, this is the chapter, yeah? I'm surprised, so, I'm surprised that you invited Siku to this one. <laughs> this is going to freak her out. I have overcome. Yeah. I'm okay. okay. So if you guys don't know that illusion, back in chapter, or chapter, when one. we talked about chapter one or two in episode one, Siku was... Uh, reprimanded by her brother to go to her room and to read the book of Revelation as a punishment. So yeah. we're back here uh, in <laughs> Revelation overcome. 13. Okay. You have overcome. <laughs> so Jonathan, uh, help us out here. What's going on in chapter mm. 13? Are we really studying about monsters in this chapter? And what's the bigger picture? Well, in chapter 12, we left off um, looking at how Satan attacks God's faithful people uh, in the last days. And so as we get into that uh, in chapter 13, we're now zooming into the major players in the last days of how things are going to go down. Mm -hmm. And so there is, uh, you mentioned this unholy trinity. There's Satan and he has some puppets Mm -hmm. going on. He's in control of all these things in the background, Mm -hmm. but he doesn't just come out straight forward. Oh, hey, I'm Satan. I'm going to take over the world. He, He uses other entities to do that. Mm-hmm. And so we find here in the beginning, as Israel has read, a beast rising up out of the sea with seven heads, ten horns, and then it describes it here. And if you are a student of the Bible, of prophecy, you immediately see, hey, I remember this from the book of Daniel. Mm-hmm. So here we have a, a conglomerate of, of, this, of the beasts of the Daniel chapter 7, mm-hmm. but the actions of this beast um, remind us of the little horn antichrist power that is also described in the book of Daniel. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and, and it goes on, and then we see here this entity um, persecuting God's people and so on. 
and the dragon gives him the power. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, it's the common understanding amongst uh, Protestant um, uh, theologians that this is a description of a uh, of an entity that has political and religious power. Mm -hmm. And if you look into history, it becomes pretty clear that this is the system of the papacy. Mm -hmm. And then we find a second uh, beast here in verse 11. Verse 11 of yep. chapter... Chapter 13. Well, chapter 13. Okay, let me read verse 11. Sure. Then I saw another beast coming up out of the earth, and he had two horns like a lamb and spoke like a dragon. He exercises all the authority of the first beast in his presence mm -hmm. and causes the earth and all those who dwell in it to worship the first beast whose deadly wound mm -hmm. was healed. He performs great signs, so that he even makes fire come down from heaven on the earth and in the sight of men. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, who's that? What's going on there? Well, here we see uh, this second beast is coming out of the earth, uh, which means it comes out of an unpopulated area, and it, it has, it looks like a lamb. Now, that rings a bell right away. This is something about Christianity, Jesus. Mm -hmm. But he speaks like a dragon. Well, that's Satan. So that's, that's, a, that's a weird, you know, a sheep in wolf's clothing kind of situation. And, uh, and this beast is coming out of the earth. It's coming at a time around, as we, as we look in prophecy, around the 18th century, it comes to power. Mm -hmm. And this is not hard to find out which power this is. This must be the United States. Mm -hmm. Because you have the element of Christianity, which is the part of the foundation of the United States. And uh, it, it grows up to be a mighty power. And then it exercises all the authority of the first beast. Mm -hmm. And then we come to a third entity, um, a third situation in, let's see here, the image of the beast. This is found in verse 15. Verse 15 mm -hmm. and 16. Siku, can you read verse 15, 16, sure. and 17? He was granted power to give breath to the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak and cause as many as would not worship the image of the beast to be killed. He causes all, both small and great, rich and poor, mm -hmm. free and slave, to receive a mark on their right hand or on their foreheads. So it looks like here the, the second beast, the United States, is is creating this image of the beast, and this is now referring to the first beast, which is the papacy, the system mm -hmm. of the papacy. And so something with, that has to do with political and religious authority, and that is going to be used to, uh, to force a certain kind of worship, force a certain kind of um, rules upon people on the earth in the last days. So this yeah. is kind of what's going on here, and this is how Satan is using these entities to, to get his agenda going. Jonathan, this is amazing. Like, in, in a matter of minutes, you've covered the entire chapter of, of, of chapter 13. All right, but now, this is a heavy <laughs> pro prophecy chapter. For those yeah. who are watching, we really encourage you to get back into the details and study this out for yourselves. But we're going to broaden this out, mm. and we can only do this in about 28 minutes. But Israel, like, we've called and identified uh, these entities. We do this well mm. in Bible study. But yeah. let's get a little deeper. Like, what's so wrong with these entities and the ramifications yeah. of that? I think from the very, from the first episode, and, and I think it's critical for us to look at the book of Revelation as a whole. Yes. A lot of times we look at Revelation chapter 13, and that really defines for many people, it defines the whole entire book. Yeah. And so then if, if we do that, if we take Revelation 13 out of context... What ends up happening is that people feel like, oh, man, you're just you're, no, you're shooting down America or you're shooting down a specific church or a group of people. And that's not really what's happening. Uh, John is writing here within a larger context. And if you remember way back in Revelation chapter one, the Bible says that John is writing. And then it says in verse two, Revelation one, verse two, that he bore witness to the word of God and to the testimony of Jesus to all the things that he saw. And so John is simply writing about his experience of everything that he saw. He saw some great things. He saw some very, very bad things. Yes. And as a true witness, 
the responsibility rests upon him to tell the whole story, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And so Revelation 13 reaches, uh, reaches a point where um, in, order to, in order for God to be fair and to prepare his people and to prepare to win as many people as possible, he has to expose what is taking place and what will take place with mm-hmm. the religious and the political nature of the end times, which is the United States and Bible prophecy mm-hmm. and the papacy, as John already mentioned earlier in, uh, before. Mm-hmm. I wanted to say, you know, coming, he talked about a broader context. We, we just came out of Revelation chapter 12, yes. where he was talking about this cosmic battle that is happening. And when the devil is attacking God's people, it's, he, there's a bigger picture that is at play a war that has been going on even before Adam and Eve joined the battle, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So when we get to chapter 13 and these um, beasts and and these entities are being brought into the picture, it's to demonstrate the way that the devil is working, right? Mm -hmm. The way that the devil is working to persecute God's people. Mm -hmm. And instead of being focused, I think we can get bogged down in focusing on, oh, why are you picking on certain entity? Why are you picking on a certain group? The whole point actually is that the devil has an agenda mm. and it's the devil who is, he's using these entities as, as puppets, mm-hmm. right? So in verse four of chapter 13, it says they worship the dragon who gave authority to the beast and they worship the beast saying who is like the beast, right? Who is able to make war with him. Mm-hmm. When, when they're worshiping the beast, they're inadvertently worshiping the dragon who gave mm-hmm. him his authority. Mm-hmm. And so most of the time you're not going to come and be worshiping mm-hmm. the devil. Mm-hmm. But if he can get you to venerate and respect something that represents him, it may not be the devil himself with his horns as we picture him and his pitchfork, yes. but the principles behind this entity are the principles behind the devil's, the devil's government. Mm-hmm. Then in, in, in fact, you're actually worshiping the, the devil mm-hmm. who gave the authority. Mm-hmm. And so the issue here is intent. I think what Revelation 13 reveals to us is the intent of what Satan is trying to do in this world. And the intent is that Satan is going to set up a system and that when you, when you, work, where you, when you function under that system, you mm-hmm. are in essence declaring the, the sovereignty of the devil. Mm-hmm. And in declaring the sovereignty of the devil, you actually do that through worship. And you find that over and over in Scripture. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, you find that with King Nebuchadnezzar. He's a king, mm-hmm. and he wants, uh, he, wants, he wants us, or he wants the people at that time to recognize him as king. How do they do that? They do that through worship, the worship of the, mm-hmm. of the image in Dan- Daniel chapter 3. Mm-hmm. And so it, throughout history, you see here the connection between religious, uh, a religious manifestation um, or a religious response, sorry, to a political or government so uh, what we're power. seeing here, I mean, these, these are humongous entities. These mm. are humongous institutions. We see in this world of globalization, with, I mean, this involves economics, this involves political mm. assignment. This is, so this is an entire system. This is not to, to pinpoint uh, individual people of denominations or citizenship, but let's look at the larger picture. What's at stake here? Yeah. What are the larger principles that are, that are utilizing mm. these institutions? John? Well, you know, uh, God's government, we kind of touched upon this in the previous episode, God's government is based on love, freedom of choice, free will. And so uh, God will never force. He will never force anybody. He can only suggest, appeal, and show his love and and hope that someone will respond. You know, the Holy Spirit is working on people, but that's how God works. 
lies. But then Satan, on the other hand, is he, he uses force, he uses lies. He, you know, God uses truth, he uses lies. He, he deceives, he, he tries to, you know, sugarcoat everything, and, uh, but leading people into deception and evil and, and, and falsehood. Mm-hmm. And so you see these principles at war here, and he uses this, uh, that's the problem with these entities. They are entities that are forcing worship, forcing conscience. Uh, you cannot do that, um, at least, you know, compared to the government of God. Mm-hmm. It, is, it is just wrong. Mm-hmm. It seems like what you're describing, there are these two great forces in the universe, universe mm-hmm. you know, universe. 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 Uh, <laughs> one is love, and the love that awakens more love, mm-hmm. and it's voluntary, it's, it's, it's out of free will, and mm-hmm. it changes. Mm-hmm. Right. And then there's another force called actual capital F force, mm-hmm. just through brute, you know, just I don't know the word for it. Force, it causes you to change. Mm-hmm. And I think in a, in a political system, there are democracies where mm-hmm. we allow the government to enact upon us laws, mm-hmm. and we submit to that through taxation or through criminal, uh, you know, going to jail and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But what happens when those two things mix? Mm-hmm. And it gets to be very, very dangerous. Mm-hmm. Yeah? Is there, what are some other, what's, what, what else is, what are other issues going on in this unity of these three entities? So, by the, Revelation is the last book of the Bible. It gives us a picture of what's happening be, between God and Satan. Mm-hmm. That's not the first time that it's happening. It actually starts in the book of Genesis. Mm-hmm. And I think when you look at the book of Genesis, you see there a representation of the book of Revelation. Okay, mm-hmm. hold that thought. So we're, we're in Genesis and we're going to back to Revelation. Talk about the issues in Revelation 13. We'll see you after the break. Has Inverse been a blessing to you? Do you have questions, comments, or feedback you'd like to leave us? Find us on social media by searching Inverse Bible on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or YouTube. While there, join us, like us, heart us, thumbs up us. Our handle again is Inverse Bible, no spaces. Now, back to the discussion. Hey, welcome back. We're in a really profound discussion, really good prophetic discussion and its implications for, for the 21st century. So, Israel, you were, we were, went to Genesis, yeah? Yeah. Well, I, what, I guess what I want to what I want to share is the fact that throughout the whole of Scripture, you find this uh, play and counterplay between God and Satan, yes. mm-hmm. and that this takes place in multiple levels, and it even takes place in our lives. There mm-hmm. are times when, when whether we recognize it or not, we are under the control and the power of Satan. Mm-hmm. If we're not under the control and the power of God, so Genesis chapter one, Genesis chapter two. If you look at the central theme of these passages. The central, th- the central figure is Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. God, the creator. He's the one that's active. God, make, God, God, God makes, God speaks, God sees. God, it's God, 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 God. You see that Genesis chapter 1, Genesis chapter 2. You reach Genesis chapter 3, and now you have the introduction, really, of Adam and Eve. Mm-hmm. But Adam and Eve's introduction comes actually also with the introduction of Satan, right? The dragon, the serpent. Mm-hmm. And so what, what, what Genesis chapter 2 and what Genesis chapter 3 uh, portrays for us is this, that you and I as human beings, we have the choice, and this is given to us through the love of God, we have the choice to allow who will control us. Mm-hmm. But it is a deception to think that we can control ourselves, mm-hmm. that we can be independent of God and independent of anybody else. This is actually what Satan is is telling Adam and Eve that, that is possible. Mm-hmm. So why is this so critical and why is this so important? 
in Genesis chapter 1 and Genesis chapter 2, Adam and Eve are naturally surrendering themselves to God. Yes. Why? Because they have faith in God. Why? Because they believe God is love, God is power, God is wisdom. That's why. It's a natural surrender. Mm -hmm. Genesis chapter 3, you have now a new philosophy, a new mentality, a new worldview. This is a worldview of Satan. Mm -hmm. And Satan is saying that what God has said is wrong. Mm. Now, I need to build this up. This is very critical for me to say. I know I'm taking a lot of time. But the, the, <laughs> issue, is, the issue is that God, that Satan is not just attacking God as a person who's able to make mistakes. If God, as God, makes mistakes, everything in this world crumbles. Mm. Because if God can make one mistake, he can make 100. Sure. But this is not what Satan is attacking. Satan is attacking the character of God. Mm. He's saying God knows that in the day that you eat the fruit that you will be like him. So God is trying to prevent you from becoming like him. Mm -hmm. And so this begins the war. Now the issue is Adam and Eve have the ability to decide which worldview they will follow. Mm -hmm. In Genesis 1 and 2 and 3, the difference seems very, very small and very slight. But by the time you get to Revelation, you see the trajectory of mm -hmm. where that leads. And there's exactly. an, an enormous separation where you now reach yeah. a and political... Can I just tap into that? In Revelation 13, if you go back to Revelation, yeah. um, in verse 8, it says here, All who dwell on the earth will worship him whose names have not been written in the book of life. So him meaning Satan. Okay. Uh, have not been written, written in the book of life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. So there is going to be, as you said, a, a distinction. There's only going to be two groups in the end. Yes. One group is that those who follow Satan through whatever deception it is, if it's clearly following Satan or through one of these entities, or, or you are a part of the book of life, your name is in the book of life of the Lamb, and you are on God's side. You are faithful, the remnant that we talked about. Yes. So you have this distinction, but there is really no middle ground. There is no, um, no, no third way. There is only two options. So Israel, you've set uh, the thesis that, that a choice was given, a choice not was given, but there are two philosophies that are mm -hmm. battling against each other in mm -hmm. Genesis. Yeah. And then Jonathan, by, by the time of Revelation, these ripens. two... Ripens. Ripen is a great word. Mm -hmm. These two entities have come to fruition. Mm -hmm. Yes. And I guess, I guess my takeaway is, it, that also gives reason why so much time has passed yeah. from Genesis mm -hmm. through Revelation mm -hmm. yeah. and all these time prophecies of why 1,260 years, mm -hmm. why 2,300. I mean, these are long time periods, but God is allowing out of his love mm -hmm. and he's allowing for sin to uh, Take its make course. itself, yeah. um, all its permutations yeah. allow them to come to full fruition. And, yep. and it's not just the love of God, but it's the love, the wisdom, and the power of God. Yes. Mm -hmm. How so? So the wisdom of God is, God, Jesus said over and over and over, my kingdom is not of this world. And, and it's impossible, really, in my opinion, to us as human beings, for us as human beings to fully understand the way in which God establishes a kingdom. Yes. Mm -hmm. And so God establishes a kingdom, he says, as a seed. Seed takes a while. It takes time to develop. It mm. takes time to grow. And so not only does God allow through the length of time, not only does he allow time for people to repent, for people to change mm. their way and so forth, but he's also allowing time for his kingdom to establish. Mm. What does it mean for his kingdom to establish? For us as followers of Jesus to be settled into, to be sealed, to be settled into the truth and the kingdom of God mm -hmm. so that nothing sways us. And so you have here now people who have been written, their names have been written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Mm -hmm. That means people who have been secured, people who have ripened, mm -hmm. to yeah. use Jonathan's word, into the kingdom and the government and the philosophy of it's, heaven. It's a cool thought. It's, it's that God uses time. Mm -hmm. yeah. He uses history mm -hmm. to, to play out 
all of these conf, uh, cosmic issues. Yeah. I want to talk about, we're talking about the, the government of God and how his government works. The thing is, if we subscribe to the way that God's government works, it means that we don't force people to live a certain way because that's the way that we believe to be right. Yeah. And this, I mean, it's, it's mind-boggling because, you know, God who is all holiness, mm-hmm. right? He's the definition of holy, right? Holy, holy, holy. And yet, in, the, in God's throne room, that's where the seed of iniquity began. Yes. And who am I then to see, you know, people making choices? I'm not saying you condone wrong choices. You don't condone sin. But I cannot force someone to, to yeah. subscribe to my worldview mm-hmm. or to subscribe to what I believe to be right just because that's what so I believe to be right. you're saying that even if we have God's world, God's worldview... And we enforce that upon another automatically. We've subscribed to the other. Exactly. One. That means that's, we that's, actually that's a don't deception have. In itself. Yes, right. Yes, that yes. means mm-hmm. we actually don't have God's worldview because mm-hmm. the way that God operates is that He allows freedom and yes. He allows He He wins people over mm-hmm. through love, not through force right. or not through deception yes. or. or no. So, as a corollary to that, these institutions that we just we just identified, they are not morally evil in of themselves, individuals that subscribe to them, but they are now part of these institutions that are being manipulated by this right. worldview. Not all Americans are controlled by Satan. Not all Catholics are, sure? are controlled yeah. by Satan. Yeah. Uh, so no, yeah. we're going to leave that alone because we can go I mean, we can go somewhere I'm, so deep. I'm yeah. So, yeah. uh, but I, love I think all Americans. Well, and if you continue, to I'm going to bring this Welcome back here. If you continue this prophecy and study this prophecy, I mean, I'm going to jump the gun here a little bit. But if you go to chapter 18, verse 4, mm-hmm. 18, verse 4, and you, you combine that with last week's uh, study, that you have this remnant, which is not the special chosen people, but they have a special responsibility mm-hmm. to go to these entities mm-hmm. and bring back. And so verse, chapter 18, verse 4, I'll read, I'll stop talking. Verse 4, verse 4 says, I heard another voice from heaven saying, come out of her, my people, lest you share in her sins and lest you receive of her plagues. And you see that God's people are are a part of this worldwide, you know, this conglomerate mm. that Satan is using, mm-hmm. and then the Lord uses the remnant to, to, call, to, them to call them mm-hmm. out. Yeah. That's our mission. That's, that's a sobering mm-hmm. mission. That's our mission statement. And, uh, and so I think can, it's, it's important, like in, back in Revelation 13, verse 14, 13, um, 13 verse 14, yes? it says, and he deceives those who dwell on the earth. And I, I think it's, it's important to realize that people are deceived. Right. Mm -hmm. They they may not realize that they're playing into the devil's, you know, maniacal, diabolical plan. Mm -hmm. And because they're deceived, people may really think that they are doing God's service. Mm -hmm. And yet they're actually falling into a complete different system of governance. And so when you when you're talking to people who are deceived, it's not you can't can't be like, oh, you know, you're, you're the devil incarnate. It's mm. not that they're devil incarnate. They're deceived and fall into this category. And that, that speaks to the come out of them, right? Yes. Like they, people need to see that the system that they've fallen into is actually a wrong system mm-hmm. and it's a misrepresentation and, of I Christ. Mean, and the way uh-huh. out of that is the, is the word of God. Yes. I mean, it says very clearly here that, they, you know, this, this, these entities, they will have pretty amazing power. They will, you know, fire coming down from heaven. It's talking about spiritual revival there, there's, or, or a fake revival, really. That's going to take, things are going to take place that really appeal to the senses, 
to, uh, to the emotions, uh, but they go against the lead to a point that goes against the word of God. Mm-hmm. Deception and, and, and truth are often very close to each other. And so it is so important that we are familiar with the word. I mean, that's mm-hmm. what we're doing here. We are studying the Bible. If I want to be on the right side in the end, I got to be familiar with God's word. I got to internalize it. I got to have this relationship of faithfulness yeah. and love with the Lord. Yeah, it's like this alternative universe that I mentioned in, in, in opener that, you know, you see you have God the Father who has all authority. Mm-hmm. He gives his authority to God the Son, to Jesus. The Lord Jesus mm-hmm. uh, has ministered for three and a half years. He is hurt. He is wounded, but he resurrects from the dead. Mm-hmm. And then he gives his power to the Holy Spirit, authority to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit causes miracles and fire to come down from heaven. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, those terms, those definitions are used. Mm-hmm. And so uh, an entity that is of equal communitarian power as the Godhead mm-hmm. is reproduced on earth yeah Mm -hmm. and they seem like to have the same unity and the same power as the godhead so you have satan with all authority and all power Mm -hmm. he divests of his power to the the, the, another beast another beast has reigns for three and a half years seems like it's dead resurrects Mm -hmm. from the dead and then now that entity gives his power to another entity causing fire down i mean this is very Mm -hmm. clear it's it's kind of like you have the the bearded jared and you have the unbearded jared (laughs) you have the 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 bearded you know it's like the evil version of yourself, and yeah. you have these yeah. evil counterfeit versions. And, yeah. Israel, and what I think what what is critical for us to point out is the fact that this has happened all the way through Scripture. Yes, mm-hmm. that this is not isolated mm-hmm. in the Book of Revelation, and that that these parallels um, are Satan's way to to deceive. You know, the system of deception is strong. Mm-hmm. That's the approach that Satan has. Mm-hmm. For example, as Siegel was talking about force and power. I think God uses force and power too, actually, mm-hmm. you know, but there's a different kind of force mm-hmm. and power. Like, like love is a love force and a power. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so Jesus uses this power of force, uh, which is called the power of love. And so Satan does the same thing, but he eliminates love. And so now you have mm-hmm. force because of position. It's true. Jesus requires submission. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And in Genesis chapter one, Genesis chapter two, Adam and Eve naturally submit to Jesus, mm-hmm. yeah. but they submit to him because of his character. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then Satan forces submission. Well, it's relational. And, the, two, and mm-hmm. the weird thing is the two are made of equal status, even though God is so much higher, yeah. but he actually condescends mm-hmm. and God gives the dignity to the other, the, to the other and provides that that mm. the relationship for yeah. submission to occur. Yeah. Where Satan doesn't, I mean, all of that is just, mm. just discarded altogether. Yeah. You will mm-hmm. do it regardless of who you are. Yeah. And, I don't, you know. and it shows the element here of, 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 true, of, of a true God of love. And a lot of times when we think about the power that God has, he has unlimited power, ultimate power. And yet he's also bound and constrained mm-hmm. because of who he is. He's bound and constrained because of who he is to function only and solely out of love. Mm-hmm. And that limits God to how he's going to reach you, how he's going to reach me. Mm-hmm. And I think that the way in which we proclaim the gospel and the way in which we say, come out of Babylon, my people, mm-hmm. is by portraying in our lives, not just through the proclamation, but through our living, what it means it to follow It seems like Jesus. There's, there's this studying in this, this God of love. There's ramifications to how we, are, we live Christian lives, mm-hmm. yeah. how we do evangelism mm-hmm. and reveal the character of Jesus, mm-hmm. how we are parents, how we are husbands and wives, how we worship, how we worship and how, how we are leaders. It, it, this impacts all that we do. Chapter 13 was kind of a, a code book into the plan of Satan. 
And in revealing all of his tactics, it's not revealing of all the secret plans of the enemy, but really the secret plan of God to save the world. Mm. We'll find out more in chapter 14 how God's response is mm. to the plans in chapter 13. Hopefully you've been blessed. I know I have been. We'll see you next week here in Inverse. You've been listening to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation with Callie Williams, Israel Ramos, Jared Thomas, Sebastian Braxton, Siku Dako, and your host, Justin Kim. Inverse is brought to you by the Hope Channel, television that changes lives. For this and more inspiring episodes, visit inverse.hopetv.org. Find us on social media, hashtag InverseBible. Until next time, this is Inverse.